0: You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all it is the nfc east mixtape volume 933 uh you can listen to this show wherever you get your nfc east blog podcast networks across the sb nation universe you can also watch the show on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog and the boys youtube channel and if you do you will see hear smell um, maybe touch if you have um, some sort of advanced technology our faces he is brandon lee gowden of bleeding green nation i am rjo choa of blog and the Boys. plg basketball season
2: No, it's not. I'm I'm definitely (laughs) not watching the Philadelphia 76ers for at least a little bit.
1: Philadelphia 76ers is a lot of syllables to say. Philadelphia 76ers. That's 10 syllables to say out loud.
2: Yeah, I usually just say Sixers. But if I think I'm going to – I don't think I would say Philadelphia Sixers. That doesn't sound right to me. It's either Philadelphia 76ers or the Sixers
1: philly 76ers i feel like no. i don't hear that a lot um philly or sixers just 76ers even sounds kinda...
2: doesn't sound right either
1: yeah um i feel like nobody refers to them as philly like i feel like the eagles and phillies get referred to as philly a lot but the sixers you know what i mean like teams who are playing they'll be like i oh, play playing philly this week you know what i mean but mm-hmm. like i don't think nobody does that with or anybody well, does that with the
2: sixers the Sixers very stupidly have Phila on their jerseys, which we may right. have talked about before, which is dumb because that's not a real thing anywhere. Like no one, like it's either Philly or it could be PHL, like the airport code, but Phila, it's that's not a real thing. Phila was a brand, right? But those
1: with an F, not the PH. So um, tough scene. Tough scene for me. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday, October 24th. It is 1115 Central Standard Time. Um, houston astros did it again dude what a what a horrible way to go out what an embarrassing way to go uh, out you, they won-, you won the world series last year it's funny. yeah i mean like you know all told i'm fine um it's a bummer to lose um i'm in this really weird place though and i wanted to, to start the show off with this and this is going to be weird because when people listen on wednesday the phillies either will or won't be in the world series <laughs> Their first um,
2: Game 7 ever, RJ. And that's weird. For a franchise that's been around, well, it's not weird in that it's not surprising in that they've been bad, which is why there's not really been a Game 7. Um, but for a franchise that's existed since 1883, like think about that year. <laughs> 140 years there hasn't been a Game 7 until now. Um,
1: so I sort of sarcastically tweeted when the Astros were getting destroyed on monday night uh, which was man i was so bummed i couldn't even enjoy kurt cousins like you know mm. shining moment in prime time against the 49ers because i was devoting attention to the Astros. so i was like double pissed um but wow. um but anyway um i i sort of somewhat tongue-in-cheek tweeted to you know go d-backs snake emoji um now mm. i don't hate the phillies the way that i hate the eagles you know i i consider them somewhat cousins uh, but like the Phillies really, you know, as an Astros fan, they I have no ill will towards them. And, and, and so if I have any ill will towards anyone, it's towards the Rangers. But, you know, I've got to eat my crow right now. Um, and it's awkward for me because of the team that I cover professionally. Um, so I don't mean to say that the Rangers are to the Astros in my viewpoint, the way that the Eagles are to the Cowboys, but that's probably the closest I can come to this. So if the Phillies won the World Series, I don't think I would be upset. Um, I would be bothered at how it would make... Eagles fans happy, um, and the Eagles players happy, I guess. But um, I think my preferred order of of finishing at this point is D backs, so I don't have to deal with any of these emotions. Phillies, Astros. Plus, I am a believer. I've said this before that like all time elite great players deserve rings and deserve titles, and so Bryce Harper certainly falls in that category. Bryce Harper, Dallas Cowboys fan.
2: I've seen growing up over the years. This is very anecdotal, but I feel like I saw a surprising amount of Phillies cowboys fan crossover which i can't really explain other than i mean they have the same star in the logo there, kind of very tiny but well the phillies um, love them the cowboys so much they have two of them i mean so i don't yeah i don't I don't know what that's about. Maybe that's just me overreacting to a couple people I saw growing up, but I feel like I, I saw that more than once. And it was so such a weird, strange dynamic to me. But our buddy uh,
1: KMS uh from the Birds and Boys podcast is a Phillies Cowboys fan. See? Yeah. So well, oh, uh, I mean, sometimes
2: there are Cowboys fans who, you know, they're fans of every Philly team except the Eagles, because the Eagles were like really bad and disgraceful. <laughs> or like not disgraceful, but like really like a joke growing up to where or like they do that thing where you know their their parents were big Eagles fans, so they want to root for the other team, but they'll still root for like the, they don't care about the other. They probably care about football the most, so they'll root for the opposite of the Eagles. But then they'll also like passively root for the other Philadelphia sports teams.
1: Um. Well, whatever the case. Um. And this will be interesting, I think, for people to listen to on Wednesday. What are your
2: emotions going into Wednesday night into Game Seven? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> uh, I don't really have a great sense for this one. I I'm betting on the Diamondbacks money line for the emotional hedge of it all. Uh, I don't think the Diamondbacks move. are. I don't think they're that good, honestly. That doesn't mean they can't beat the Phillies. they obviously got them to a game seven. I think the Phillies, uh, the Diamondbacks, clearly beat the Phillies in game six. The other two games, I think the Phillies kind of just like gave away or beat themselves more so. Um, but that's their fault. The Phillies put themselves in the spot where the Diamondbacks can take to the series. But like, there's no one on that team like that you even like really hate, like you know, differently from like the Braves or like there's not like this hateable player that's like a rival and they're they're great. It's just kind of a weird team. Um, they're so, fun.
1: They have they have fun vibes, fun energy. The pool stuff agree. is cool. Um, I don't think so.
2: I mean, I that I will say the the rookie who's pitching tonight, game seven. He that guy is awesome. Uh, I don't know how you say his last name because it's. Do you know how to say it? Is it it's no. Brandon? Give it's it a P H A. A D T. Yeah. I forget how to say that, but, uh, that guy was like, he looked awesome and it was crazy that the D backs took him out. They ended up winning the game anyway, but it's crazy. It took him out of that game when he was pitching earlier. Cause he was like just freaking lighting this, uh, lineup up. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm a, I can't doubt this team. I'm getting a phone call. Sorry. It's really disruptive. Okay. Uh, I muted that. Well, um, that,
1: yeah, that concludes baseball talk. But um, I do want to say, because uh, we have a lot of Rangers fans who listen, uh, congratulations. I'm happy this is over one way or the other. Um, it's embarrassing, but uh, the Astros' run of success over the last seven years makes it a lot easier to tolerate and to swallow. So, uh, congratulations to my Rangers fan, friends, and followers. I hope you all enjoy. Um, that's about the nicest thing I can say at this point in time. But yeah, Wemby season
2: starts on Wednesday.
1: Um, well, and for of the course, sake
2: of content, it is disappointing we didn't get another Phillies-Astros World Series. Although, for our, um, for our sake,
1: you have, or at least had, or before we, start, we started recording, and we've kind of danced around this, um, the World Series schedule, right? Do you still have that in front of you? I don't know if you closed that tab. I'll um, close the tab. I'll do this. Um, let's see. So, next week, um, and this kind of leads us into, I, mean, I wouldn't say an announcement, but, um, so Game 6, if the World Series were to go that far, is next friday november the third and game seven if it were to truly go that far um would be on saturday november Mm -hmm. the fourth um and then the eagles and and these games would be in arlington by the way um but the eagles would host or will host excuse me that's a fact uh the cowboys on sunday november 5th remember remember Mm -hmm. the 5th of november i'm certain that you've seen v for vendetta that seems like a blg
2: movie yeah i love a i love a v for vendetta
1: um but anyway um so we are potentially in line for the dallas philly mcgeddon um which would mm. be wild like i've i know you don't like it but i brought up that i won a title against the city of philadelphia last year that would go a long way towards the the bad blood between dallas and philly fans in general even though it had would have nothing to do with the cowboys mm. and, and eagles uh but that that it would happen leading up to that game we would have three straight days of dallas philly games. Um you know, obviously two of them with much more consequence and, and matter, but uh, it'd be kind of cool. And I would kind of like to watch the the fight from as an independent ish bystander from a baseball perspective, but certainly not from a football. one.
2: Well, we'll see if we get there. But uh, your point was that we might do a live show on a Thursday. Right.
1: So we um, are talking about it and we certainly want to solicit the responses. By the way, I'm going to pull up the exact uh, exchange, but we have um, some debate on the mixologist thing that I brought up last week. Um, But um, we can solicit the responses from the aforementioned mixologist. And we're thinking about doing a live NFC's mixtape next Thursday evening. That is uh, the The second. The second. Gosh. Um, So Thursday, November 2nd, we would do it kind of in parallel with Thursday Night Football starting um i believe the steelers host the titans on that that thursday night um so you know i don't know if you know the steelers and eagles were once, once the same team <laughs> no steelers one asked for this we could uh, <laughs> and uh we could have some fun with that um and do a live show um kind of just talk about cowboys eagles and obviously everything that happens uh, between now and then as well um that's the plan if
2: blg approves obviously yeah i mean i'm hoping to do a live show
1: uh, well, I was looking up the mixologist thing, so I was kind of waiting on you to, you know, buy me some time.
2: What else am I gonna say? I mean, I think we had fun doing it last year. We did like Q and A things with the, or like you know, chat feedback. RJ and I were kind of just riffing, and you know, took questions or talking points from the chat, and it would be fun to do it again. So I'm trying to find the exact um,
1: exchange. I need you to buy me another second because I'm I'm stuck I mean, finding. We always tweet, just do so... this before the
2: show starts. <laughs> Well, you could do it in general yourself. What is it about? This is for the naming of the the podcast listener names?
1: Yeah, um, I found it. So I wanted to get the whole tweet. So Sean Daly was the person who I credited last week Mm. with coming up with the name Mixologist. And Sean said that he Twitter searched and found that, you know, apparently the first entry ever for a Mixologist came from Sean, Anthony Mm. Yarbrough. I think I hope I pronounce this correctly. Um on Twitter at anthony Anthony Yarbro but the the bro in their last name is B R O U G H but the Twitter handle is like bro like brother um tweeted at me and said wow RJ not only did I have to deal with the Philly loss this week that was um, obviously coming off the Jets loss but my brilliant creative name credit goes elsewhere I've been Zuckerberg and I mm-hmm. have a tweet Brandon from August the 10th 2022 at 2.02 p.m., I don't know what time zone this is for Anthony, but still, um, Anthony tweeted at you and said, the mixologist, obviously, later that day at 3.20 p.m., so an hour and 18 minutes later, was when Sean Daly offered the term mixologist. So I think that we owe an apology to Anthony Yarbrough, and I think Anthony is the true innovator of this name. Okay. Anthony, let the record show that I tried to fight for you. Sean, I tried to fight for you as well. And BLG ruined it all. So, wow. Are you ready, Brandon? Now that you're ruined I'm it, ready. Okay. The Philadelphia Eagles, in their Kelly Green jerseys that are super cool that we have to talk about a million times, beat the Miami Dolphins. It was too much You don't, green, you don't think those look cool? I really hate to say this. The coolest looking thing, honestly, was Nick Sirianni's hoodie. That's a cool hoodie. Oh, like my if you, gosh. It, wow. It, what a... It, that's that's I know. like... Well, look. I mean, I'm going I'm I'm to be... Shocked obje- you I'm going to be objective here. Like, you know, I'm I'm... You know, I yeah, hate the Eagles hate and and I I don't love Nick at all. But I mean, if I have to be honest and provide my evaluation and analysis, I have to do it fairly. Um, so you know, Eagles fans, if you're looking for a hoodie, that's the one to get. Like that is a beautiful you know garment. Because uh, the gray yeah. the gray sleeves, like two the like if you were to have all Kelly Green entirely, it's too much. That's where the gray sleeves really do kind of break it up nicely. But um, and I I do wish. That this had been against a team that didn't have any hint of green or aqua that was a little bit visually distracting um but whatever the case it was a, a solid performance um from a visual standpoint also from a football one 31 to 17 the final score the eagles stymied the super stout miami dolphins offense mm-hmm. um kind of a weird game for the eagles but i'll hear your take first
2: yeah alexis who was like my deputy you know at bleeding green nation for sure saw that like sirianni Hoodie in the pregame, and she's like, I have to wear this now. And she like <laughs> she did and she like took a a moment to like go do that. And I and I don't blame her because I think it was a good choice. So shout out to Alexis. Um, yeah, I definitely think those are really cool aesthetic. And I would love to see an Eagles Cowboys game with the Eagles wearing those and the Cowboys wearing like that white and um navy blue that I like. Like the, you know, the one with the I don't know what you would call it
1: the one they but wore the, against the chargers is that what you're saying
2: me, yeah i guess so that one that, that's, like I think, that's
1: technically their color rush jersey just so you're right. aware yeah
2: right but i think a matchup like that would look really good i think that's because i think that's one of the cowboys best uniforms is when they go like just that white and that blue as opposed to getting that weird teal or whatever uh light blue color pants thing they mix in there anyway aqua um yeah, the this, this is blue really the color, but go ahead. Yeah, like, no, don't need that. Anyway, the football, the football, um, Brandon, the football. <laughs> the football of it all. Well, we have to get to the Kevin Byer trade too, but before we get to that, because right. the game happened first. Uh, yeah, this is a really impressive performance by Sean Desai's defense. I mean, the Dolphins offense was not only the top in the league, but by far in terms of points, like if you look at the margin between first and second, Uh, in points scored entering week seven it's not that the Dolphins are first it's that they're first by a margin between the same margin between second and 10 in scoring and in yards that margin from first to second is the same margin from second to 25 so like that offense was obviously humming now look the Dolphins were missing a bunch of key players uh no Teron Armstead their starting center Connor Williams from a cowboy of course was out um no Devin Han uh devon a chance that gets everyone it's it's oh it everyone stumbles over that name they were missing some key players but still they had enough there to still be was still had tyree kill still had tua who's you know been playing really well this season so mike mcdaniel who's like the key to everything so um for the eagles to go up against that offense and the eagles were doing it mind you without both starting safeties and we're down to like their third string option at nickel cornerback where uh, it's a UDFA who never really even like took a lot of reps in the at nickel cornerback. So, um, for them to go up against this Dolphins offense and look, you know, the Eagles offense playing ball control certainly helped the defense. I'm not going to ignore that, but still, um, for this offense to be slowed down the way it was and have their worst game against this Eagles defense, that's very encouraging for this defense for Sean Desai and it kind of this is exactly what we never saw at a Jonathan Ginn in terms of going up against another quarterback who could be considered one of the NFL's better quarterbacks or at least playing like that and at least have a chance against them instead of just getting totally gashed and not having any kind of chance and playing this style of defense where you're just sitting back And you're kind of just hoping for the other team to make a mistake as opposed to actually being creative, enforcing the issue and experimenting and doing different things. That's definitely what we've seen more out of Sean Desai. So this is a really uh, good game by him. And he's helped out by the fact that the Eagles defensive line is so strong. And they had a great game that took pressure off of the secondary by just being so stout up front and shutting down the Dolphins running game and being disruptive. Um, So, yeah, it was just a really impressive defensive performance.
1: Yeah. I think the Dolphins are facing a lot of questions, obviously. Like, you can't beat elite teams, can't be good teams. I mean, you know, enjoy the AFC West mixtape if you want for that. Um, it was amazing AFC that... AFC Ty- I'm sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm all in a bag of emotions today. Right. It's amazing that slowing Tyreek to 11 catches for 88 yards and a touchdown is slowing him down. You know what I mean? Like, the dude is just so insane. Um, I, I came away really impressed with the Philly defense and I, this game was happening in parallel with one of the ALCS games as well. So it took a little bit of catching up for me. Um, but I, I really, this is kind of a, a bummer to see the dolphins fold kind of a bummer for Mike McDaniel. Like I think everybody was really ready to give the dolphins a lot of juice after this game. Um, and it just didn't happen. Um, I have some questions um, and they're mm-hmm. not, they're not pointed or slanted questions, but uh, number one, what is your take on the penalty thing? Um, Cause this was, like I said, this was happening in parallel with the ALCS game. Um, so I didn't get to feel like my timeline, um, in, in, in real time. Uh, but I, I was checking in and a lot of people were like, this is ridiculous. This is insane. I think it's, it's ridiculous to say that any NFL game is rigged or anything like that, but that is stark. I mean, to have, <laughs> to have one team penalized 10 times and the other none, obviously there was the Bradbury face mask that wasn't called and mm-hmm. then the ball. Don't lie moment right after. Right. That is, that is a wild phenomenon at the very least to have happen.
2: Yeah, it is. I can't say (laughs) it's hard to say for anyone to be able to like, yeah, the Eagles just didn't commit any penalties the whole game. Like that does it's it's very disingenuous to suggest. So I definitely think that the Eagles got away with some things, but I don't think that's the reason why they won the game only. I think they outplayed the Dolphins in a lot of ways. I certainly they got some help, but also the Eagles kind of were on the wrong side of that earlier this year when they played the commanders. So like, you know, I think those things tend to even out over the course of a season. You're going to get some games where you get some favorable calls going to get some games where it goes the other way um but overall you know I think the Eagles really outplayed I mean the fact that they only allowed the Dolphins to score one touchdown that's pretty crazy and that touchdown you mentioned was Tyreek Hill kind of just doing something that Tyreek Hill does and like you kind of can't like I wasn't like oh wow what a terrible play by the defense it's like it's Tyreek Hill like he's gonna do that and you have backup safeties and the guy they that seemingly gave up that touchdown there Terrell Edmonds he goes just traded him away so he's not even on the team anymore um yeah so i thought that was really impressive especially because there was a point you know early in the game there where jalen hurts fumbles and the dolphins have a short field and you're like oh no they're a score touchdown there and the defense held strong and then we limited them to a field goal and that was three of the 10 points they gave up on the day total because the you know the one the other touchdown by the dolphins was the pick six um i guess we can flip it over to talk about jalen hurts in the that was other question. I
1: mean, we're like yeah. we're at a point now, 10 turnovers in seven <clears throat> games. It's, I, in it's, it. it's like some of it is, is fluky and you know, luck or whatever. Um, like if you want to just cast like a wide net around it, and I think Cowboys fans can certainly understand that. I also can understand why Cowboys fans are not willing to understand it, given the way that everybody, a lot of Eagles fans included, pointed at Dak Prescott last year. But I'm willing to be a little bit more calm in today's discussion, despite how shattered my own sports heart is. But 10 turnovers in seven games, that's a turnover-prone quarterback at this point. Like, it, you can call it fluky, you can call it whatever. In 2023, he's absolutely turnover-prone.
2: It's 11 in his last eight if you go back to the Super Bowl.
1: I don't know why you do this. Like, I mean, what's the point of that? Like, well, I I'm mean, just they, saying. They don't, that that his... makes the case worse for no reason. Like, like there's a, a big enough sample size in this season it's not like you know oh it's been like four games let's include the fifth
2: like, In his last it's just true in his last the eight games he's last so why played, stop at eight then turned- why
1: not go to the other two playoff games and go to 10 you know what i mean like why just okay, include the super
2: 11 game? in his last 10 in that case whatever you want to say that makes a little bit better but in any case <laughs> the point being is, is it's too much it's absolutely too much and he only had eight turnovers in 15 regular season games and the so 17 games prior to the super bowl last year that includes two playoff games and he only played in 15 regular season games because he missed two he only had eight so he's clearly turning the ball over too much it's weird because he just i think that's been one of the best things throughout his career uh is not putting the ball in harm's way and i think that's kind of why in the past i've like especially in training camp practices and stuff and why I wasn't as high on him as others is because I think he kind of plays a game that isn't super flashy but I think it's easy to take that for granted sometimes uh, at least in terms of as a passer because he just doesn't put the ball in harm's way so I think that's kind of like the, the reward to the playing that kind of not super always impressive style but you know he is turning the ball over way too much and part of the issue I think is that He's holding on to the ball too long. He entered week seven with the second longest average time to throw at 3.21 seconds. That is the exact same amount of time he held the ball on average in 2021 when he ranked 39 out of 39 quarterbacks, the slowest release time in the league this year. It's only ahead of Justin Fields, who I very much do not believe in. And I've said one of his biggest issues throughout his career is holding on to the ball for forever. Like sometimes you have to. You can't just wait for guys to uncover all the time. You have to throw with anticipation. You have to get the ball out. Now, there is a other side to this coin. The near touchdown pass that Hurts uh, had to A.J. Brown on that fourth down, that is a result of holding on to the ball and making things happen. I get there's a balance to be struck there. But last year in 2022, he was at 2.86 seconds, and that was 28th out of 41 quarterbacks. So he was 0.4 seconds quicker on average last year than he was this year. I think he has to get a little bit closer towards that number. I think he needs to be getting the ball a little bit quicker and not just holding on to it forever. So that's definitely one of the issues I have with him. Uh, and then I think, and I think that speaks to, it's not just that he's like turning the ball over on fumbles when you're know, holding it that long or giving the defensive line obviously a chance to get to you. I think it's also speaking to getting another phone call. Stop calling me everyone during the podcast. He's pissed off. Um, I I think him holding onto the ball that long speaks to like not seeing the field super well. And which is why you're seeing some of these interceptions and look, him looking uncomfortable.
1: He is much closer to that 2021 version of himself than the 2022 exemplary, you know, arguable league MVP. And that, you know, was always an argument was that last season was this like, you know, almost the 100th percentile kind of season That there was no way he was going to be able to stick to that. I mean, but I think everybody thought like it might regress to like the whatever 75th percentile, which would be, you know, still really passable. Um, I mean, at this point, you have to assume he's going to turn the ball over at least once in a given game. I mean, he's averaging more than one turnover per game. And it's not just tipped interceptions. It's poor throws, poor reads. It's fumbles. Um, And I mean, I don't know that I'm I mean, I'm certainly not going to place all the blame on him. I'm going to place most of the blame on him. But I have no idea why um he's being used the way he is I have no idea what the obsession is with QB draws and running him like crazy Mm -hmm. and now my other question was going to be what's his health status I mean so Mm -hmm. he's got to put on a a leg brace or knee brace or whatever for the second half like this you know I wouldn't say it feels like the wheels are starting to fall off but like the vibes around this are tenuous at the very least
2: yeah the injury thing is weird we will get a chance to see the injury report this week and if he's on there or not He clearly is little, it could just be a case of, you know, players get banged up over the course of the season. And sometimes guys are dealing with things that don't necessarily get listed on the injury report because everyone is injured to some extent. No one's like fully healthy, 100%. Um, I will say for, to be fair to Jalen Hurts, because I'm criticizing him here, I do think this is a very real quality that matters when it comes to quarterbacks, how they respond. And after those turnovers, especially the pick six, he let a touchdown drive, the very next drive, and that put a really good drive together. Mm-hmm. And that's important because that some quarterback
1: feels like moving the a little bit. He's no, turning the ball up. Some... That's that's the problem.
2: Like that that I'd, can't I, happen. I, I what did I? I came out saying that's the big issue, but it also matters how that manifests moving forward because some quarterbacks allow that to spiral and it snowballs and they crumble, and that's what Carson Wentz did a lot of the time. Jalen Hurts, to his credit, did not let it spiral. Now, again, moving forward, I don't want to hear like all the way every every time every game oh well he always responds after throwing the turnovers or have the you know committing the turnovers you can't have the turnovers I've said I started out by saying the turnovers too much they have to come down um I think he can get there I think he will get there but again as the sample size widens where there's more and more then it's just too much and it has to stop sooner than later
1: I am not willing to give him the exclusive benefit for rebounding. I mean, you just properly threw flowers at the Eagles defense. Um, I would give them the crux of the benefit, at least for this particular game. And I don't mean to say like Jalen has nothing to do with the offensive success, but AJ Brown is just so stupid
2: talented. The offensive okay, line is just. Why so don't you get into that? Because people say I no, go oh, too why, easy on you, and I why, do, and you like to like bag on. Why don't we get into Ron something Vera? that
1: avoids placing blame on you, you Jalen Hurts? That could not have That's been really more what wrong about.
0: Said.
1: Yeah, let's let's, let's now we're lost. really moving the goalposts, so we don't have to. Okay, RJ was wrong on AJ Brown. That's fine, but that doesn't change the fact that Jalen Hurts is limiting the Eagles' offensive potential. Incredibly wrong. You there's a lot of commenters who noted on last week's episode that you kind of moved the goalposts when it came to Jalen. You're going to do it again, and now you're going to move them to me. Again, I was wrong on AJ Brown. I even wrote an apology last year when that was the case. Um, And for what it's worth, I was at least, you know, er, excuse me, early in the season before this, like, was the streak snapped? What was the streak? Like 145 yards or whatever um, that he had going on? Well, I really, I'm actually seriously asking. He had like a streak Uh, of like saying AJ Brown had a streak going of like 150 yards, 145 yards in a game or something like that. I don't know if that held up um, this past week. He had, what did he have? 100 and. I already left that game. Uh, he had exactly 137, so he might have fallen short of. I saw, the, I saw the streak um, during the Jets game, and let's see here. Since you clearly don't know AJ, you, you're so obsessed with him, but you don't know the streak I'm well, talking he's about. The,
2: he's just the third player in NFL history to have 125. That's what it was. I, I couldn't five remember. Games.
1: <clears throat> I couldn't remember if it was 125 or 145. So the streak lives on as a result of Sunday.
2: Um, that streak does. Yeah, and right, the that, other that's what I was players have done that are calvin johnson so, okay
1: well i'm just saying after the first two weeks of the season there was no oh rj you're looking like you're right on this here so let's just relax again aj brown's an, an incredibly talented wide receiver it's amazing by the way too that he has a streak of 125 yards in that what now five games and that he's still mm-hmm. like 100 yards behind Tyreek kill again that's just incredible
2: well, yeah, um, I mean um Insane. I, although I do think you can, I mean, AJ Brown outshined, you know, Tyreek in that spot. And I think if you're talking about best receiver in the NFL, I mean, I think AJ has like, I think he has a stake to claim in that right now. I think
1: he has an argument. I'm still willing to give the benefit of the doubt to Justin Jefferson. It's weird. Jamar Chase lost some steam in that conversation. Like, I feel like Jamar had a really prominent seat at that table. It's that's cooled off a little bit. Um Ty- yeah, Tyreek's right there. Um, but again, the point that I was making that you wanted to distract from was that I'm not willing to give Jalen a a ton of benefit for like responding to the turnovers and the turnovers keep happening, keep happening, keep happening. And they're, they're doing a great job defensively of stifling offenses and not allowing them to take advantage of all these turnovers. But like this next run of games after the commanders contest is really going to highlight, you know, if you do that against. The Cowboys, the Bills, the Niners, whatever. The Chiefs, especially, like that's that's a really bad recipe for. I agree. Success. They
2: have to go so, down. I don't deny it.
1: Um. Okay. So, do you want to talk about the Kevin Byard trade now, or do yeah. you want to talk? Um. So the trade happened on Monday. Monday. and Monday afternoon, it was a. Is this
2: infuriating as like a rival fan because it's just like.
1: I mean, it's not as infuriating as you want it to be. It's just... I mean, it just seems and, like...
2: It. I would i would be annoyed if the Cowboys... Because that's a really low cost to get a guy who's a two-time All-Pro. Yeah. All pro.
1: <clears throat> yeah um, but... Um, so, like, I'm not at all, um, like, smushing the trade. But, like, again, this gets done every time. Like, now this is just, like, a, a thing... So, like, this guy done with the DeAndre Swift trade, that has paid off, obviously. This guy, the same conversation happened with the Robert Quinn trade a year ago and what, like, impacted that really. I had. didn't
2: I didn't like that one as much as other people. I said okay, that but at the my, time. My
1: point is, like, you you know that what I'm saying is, is true, that, like, the same memes are like, Howie Roseman did it again. with And, like, Howie Roseman yes, has it. Yes, but that one a, was
2: dumb to me. This is And this is way different than that.
1: All I'm saying is he has a track record that now lends to, the, like, the same joke being made. And this mm-hmm. is much closer to, like, you know, actually being sound than the Robert Quinn thing was. Um, but right. so like I'm I'm way less annoyed about it than I used to be at this point in time. But again, the cost was a fourth and fifth and no,
2: fifth and sixth. Fifth and sixth <clears throat> and, and Terrell Edmonds. And, and and yeah, and Terrell Edmonds who they okay. probably honestly like might have cut if they you know to make a roster spot open for Kevin Bayard. So it, I mean, for the Titans, uh, obviously, it's just a matter of they're kind of taking an L on the season and looking ahead to the future. And for is just like, okay, we need someone to help fill safety reps for us. Um, for the Eagles, it's a huge move because Kevin Byard has never missed a game in seven years. And the Eagles have been decimated, kind of, by injury at safety this year. Reed Blankenship has missed a couple games now. He's been a really good player. And I think when you have him healthy, if he can get healthy, the Eagles didn't put him on IR, IR. So I'm guessing that he can either play either this week or next week. We'll see um, to have him and Kevin Byard. I mean, I think that suddenly out of a spot where the Eagles were figuring to be weak and one of the like worst safety tandems in the league, they might not have one of the best, assuming Byard can kind of give them what he's been for most of his career, which is a very good player who makes plays on the ball, hasn't missed a game. So um, for the Eagles to only give up, you know, like a fifth and a sixth, and a player they were going to probably cut anyway. I mean, I think it's a steal of a deal. I don't like using that term liberally as other people do and saying it's Howie season all the time. Um, but I think this is like a no-brainer kind of move. That was such a big weakness for them. Again, like let me paint you the picture of how dire their safety situation was the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, they have Terrell Edmonds who hasn't been good as their only guy or full-time starter. Who's only like, and then they, so, okay, sorry. Doing a bad job explaining this. This game against the Dolphins, Justin Evans and Reed Blankenship. Those are your week one starters. Justin Evans on IR, Reed Blankenship banged up, not able to play. So you have Terrell Edmonds, who has been bad, and the Eagles clearly haven't wanted to play unless they've had to, playing 100% of the snap, so that's not ideal. And then Sidney Brown making his first start uh, after missing multiple games with a hamstring injury. And he was a third-round pick, a rookie and behind them the only two guys you had are josiah scott who has been a really bad slot corner and performed very poorly against the cowboys when uh they played in dallas last year and a big reason why dak had a big game uh couldn't cover cd lamb at all
1: yeah Dak can't be the reason that dak had a big game it just has to be everybody else no i'm
2: saying like that's they kept targeting him over and over because he was terrible so josiah scott who was a slot cornerback, and has taking some safety reps in practice, that's your top backup option. In addition to Mekhi Garner, who's a practice squad call-up and only played at cornerback an undrafted rookie free agent in the offseason and is now like being moved to safety in an emergency. So they were looking very dire there. So to me, like I'm almost shocked that they were able to get him so cheap because it's like they had no leverage. Like they, they had no leverage. They're in a really desperate situation and they got a fan. Not only did they get someone to like just fill in and help them, they got like a, a potential star who's also signed for 2024 so it could be a rental but they could also work something out if they you know both sides are liking how things are going and they want to work out a deal with him and have him there so uh it's a really exciting move um i certainly understand
1: the excitement i just um and i'm not saying this means like oh it is insignificant like when is the last i'm I'm, I'm actually seriously asking what is the last safety trade in the nfl or big time safety acquisition that like put a team over the edge. I mean, I certainly understand like I, where Howie is elite, like isn't in his like big blockbuster moves. It's always in identifying areas of need and filling them at low costs. And and that's what this ultimately well, is. Um but I don't know if you have an answer to the safety question.
2: I mean Chauncey Gardner Johnson getting him last year was like a big deal for the Eagles that's fair that's had, a really led good led The example. NFL interceptions. Like that was that was a needle mover. Um, so I'm not saying Bayard is going to come in and do the same thing. And I think it hurts that like the value of him being here kind of is diminished from the sense that he doesn't have, you know, off-season time to get up to speed. So that kind of hurts a little bit at the same time. Neither really did CJGJ last year and he was actually moving from slot to safety and he did pretty well. Um so maybe that's not a big factor at all. But uh not, yeah, I don't think it's not like putting it over the top as much as you're just fixing a huge area of weakness. Yeah, you you raise right the floor.
1: Now. That that's what I'm that's how Roseman's truly elite quality. And sometimes you miss on those things like Robert Quinn was you know, ideally going to be like a raising of the floor last year. And that just didn't happen. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. What, but like, it shouldn't discourage you from taking the chances and the shots over and over and over again. And again, for two day three picks and somebody who you were probably going to cut anyway, mm-hmm. like it is a logical move to make. Uh, the last thing I have on this isn't at all related to the trade itself. Uh, but did you know that I think it was Kevin Byard who had the beef with Deion Sanders?
2: Do you remember this? He, Deion Sanders didn't know who yeah Kevin he didn't Bayard know who was.
1: he was he, he I think he I'm I might be misremembering but I think he thought that Kevin Bard was a fan um who was tweeting at I him think so. and he was like I hey, mean get out of here like you're some fan I think it was during um the NFL top 100 uh reveal discussion show or some or like all pro voting or something um back when the NFL top 100 had a, like a shred of legitimacy. Um, and so, yeah, I thought that was like, you know, that was funny. Um, well, that was that, a long time ago. But And there was also the
2: um, Kevin Bayard, you know, celebrating on the Cowboys star thing going around.
1: Um, that is the true reason how he traded for him, isn't it? Yep. Anyway. Um, okay. Are we ready to move on to the other game? This was kind of a, a good week uh, for like you and I, like nice and efficient. There were only two games to discuss. Are you ready to do that? Well, we need to get to the Cowboys. Well, no, but they didn't we play a game. Order. But they didn't play a game. That's what I'm saying. Like we can talk about them. We have to Did talk we have to about check in on them. We, I mean, nothing happened. They didn't play a What's game. What's going That's what I'm on? Saying. We ha- Is there any be... injury
2: developments? Is there anything we, at all?
1: But here we have we always discuss the games, and then we discuss the moving forward. So all the things you're talking about are in the moving forward portion mm. of the episode. Okay. So, but hold up, so that we can move forward, let's take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
2: Welcome, Welcome back. back. We're here on the mixtape. Back from uh, the break.
1: Go Spurs, go. Anyway, um, okay, Brandon, let's talk about the other game. I don't think it will require much discussion. Um, How does it
2: feel to be a Manchester United fan, but then you're saying, go Spurs, go.
1: That has never bothered me. Um, hmm. And this is stupid, but I am so happy that my Spurs have the Twitter handle,
2: Spurs. Hmm. Anyway, um, the New York Giants. That's kind of funny anyway, because like I feel like more than any other team in soccer correct me if i'm wrong do does tottenham refer to their team name you know what i mean like a lot of teams don't refer to their like team mascot i feel like soccer you don't see that as much um like chelsea's I mean, logo like, is like a lion or whatever but they don't they, no one's like go lions they go by chelsea blues
1: a lot like they'll be like the yeah, yeah but it's not like reference
2: thing. to the animal that their logo thing kind of i would
1: say wolverhampton they go by the wolves a lot oh so.
2: that kind of makes more sense because it's in the
1: name still though hmm I don't know why you're allowed to root for Chelsea because you're not from there, and those are your dumb rules. So that's not my rule. Interesting. Uh, The New York Giants won. Uh, This was a surprise to us uh, on Sunday. 14 to seven, really gross, boring score. Uh, The final score in Terod Taylor's first win for the Giants. Um, 14 to seven, the final. Giants now two and five, still last in the division. The Commanders fall to three and four. Mm -hmm. Um, The vibes have never been worse for the Commanders. This is a horrible loss, and it's kind of a horrible win. The Giants. Um you yeah. you slacked me uh when Brian Dable um mm. kicked the field goal and first we, drive of the game. Yeah into we, the wind. We agree that it was a poor decision. I understand it was a windy day, and that can kind of affect like the way you approach things. Like again, this was a, a well all the more
2: decision. reason to go for it.
1: No, no, I mean I'm just saying, like, I understand that can be a factor, like maybe you're worried about this, that, or the other. Um, but like, and I understand you're limited with Terod Taylor and things like that. But like, did anybody enjoy watching this game? Like, did did any like did anybody derive joy from this?
2: I don't think so. I I mean, the Commanders are definitely in a bad way. And I originally picked the Commanders to win this game when we did the mix we last did. week. Yeah, but then as the week went along, I switched my pick, as I said, on TGI Football because I was like, wait a minute. The Commanders win over the Falcons was like, not good, dude. They got out. They almost, they got doubled up. They got outgained like 402 to 192 or whatever. Like, it was just the turnovers being the difference. And obviously, turnovers are a big deal, but if you some of that is you know volatility and luck and whatnot and the point being like the commanders did not play good football to beat the falcons and i was like not that the giants are looking great right now but i'm like the commanders just don't deserve the benefit they're not commanders are not good like they had that game against the eagles great but ever since that what have they done ever since
1: ever since ron decided to play for overtime things have fallen really far apart even though they beat the falcons
2: Yeah, like what is their resume since okay so they got housed by the Bears at home like destroyed for a Bears team that hadn't was on like a 14 game losing streak at the time you got destroyed by that team on Thursday night football on a primetime spot so okay great and then you beat the Falcons by one possession but you kind of got like outplayed by them and I think that game was kind of, as we've seen, more about the Falcons beating themselves than you really like taking it to them. And then you lost to the Giants, where you only scored one touchdown, which is pathetic. And I've seen some of the discourse over at Hogshaven about how the Eric Bienemy honeymoon is certainly not a thing anymore. And, and the, Sam, the Sam Howell
1: like love affair, like I saw, um, I think it was on the Commander subreddit um, after I think I might have been after the Falcons win. It was a post that was titled something like, I think we may have found the guy. And it was like, no, <laughs> like, don't do that. Don't uh, like, and that's nothing against Sam Howell. But like, that's not the guy. He's,
2: he, Sam Howell is like Taylor Heineke, basically, in terms of like, I think he can be a really nice backup to have. Like, wouldn't you want Sam Howell as like, or wouldn't you take Sam Howell as your backup quarterback if you could? Sure. I think he's shown enough there to be like a guy who can come in and be a, a relief starter or a bridge quarterback. I saw a but- tweet.
1: Um, along those lines, I think it was Eric Eager who tweeted something like, Sam Howell is going to be a career backup. And like all these like Commanders fans took that really mm-hmm. offensive, like took offense to that. And he was like, No, this is like a really like,
2: especially for the kind draft thing team. like that's yeah. yeah
1: like a fifth round draft pick turn into like a career backup like
2: g- make that colt mccoy pick.
1: money you know what i mean like there's nothing wrong with that they're like there's no shame in that whatsoever and like not even just in like a shame standpoint but like from a playing athleticism production standpoint like mm-hmm. career backups are necessary like look at gardner Minshew right now you know what i mean like that's a fine mm-hmm. life to live as an nfl quarterback
2: yeah i think i think Sam Howell could be like you know like ryan fitzpatrick like that kind of that kind of guy who like bounces around the league uh, or Josh or McCann, Taylor whatever Heineke. you want to say. To yeah, Heineke, he's, he's in that mix. I think he's, you know, he's hes clearly not, like, a joke. Like, he's not pathetic. He can, can play in the NFL, but you're not really going too far with him. And um, it's, it's not entirely – the struggles haven't been entirely on him when you look at how bad their offensive line has been. Like, part of it is because he does hold the ball. Part of it is because their offensive line isn't great and they're giving up a lot of pressure. So certainly it's not literally just all on him. But he is not a quarterback who's going to help them rise above those issues. And they're not in a good spot right now. And I wanted to, have, we wanted to have a commander's person on this week. It didn't work out to talk to because I kind of wanted to get more of the, you know, boots on the ground sense from that team. But did you see the comments that Jonathan Allen made after the game? Yeah, but he was like
1: pissed off and, you know, it's the same stuff every year. Like, mm-hmm. imagine feeling like you're owned by the Giants. You know what I mean? Like, that would just well, be... Well, they are. like I know, but like... Know
2: how... <laughs> Like ahead, we, we talk about how, you know, the Eagles and Cowboys own the Giants and they have well, the Giants own the commanders. And that's a pretty pathetic position to be in. Uh, so, yikes. So um the game
1: was kind of gross. But so we're kind of picking apart who these teams are right now. Uh, Justina Anderson tweeted. uh What now? About 30 minutes ago in real time for you and I. So this was on Tuesday morning. Tuesday lunchtime-ish. Um, she tweeted, Meanwhile, it's my understanding that there are several identifiable teams that have both interest in trading for either Commander's defensive ends, Montez Sweat or mm. Chase Young, and are willing to offer either a long-term deal ahead of free agency. Obviously, that is a component to this. Um, yeah, I mean, like, we're at that time, obviously, um, in the season, like right around Halloween, the title of this has to do with October, obviously, the best month. Um, and some teams are having to look in the mirror and kind of assess and have hard discussions and decisions made. Uh, The Titans have already clearly done that to a degree. The commanders are right there and I would, you know, they have the new ownership and everything and potential new rebrand again, coming around. Like if you're going to do anything, if you're going to cash out on certain players, now is the time. You got to do it before the trade deadline. This is actually the last mixtape before the deadline, which is next Tuesday.
2: Hmm. Well, I mean, we're going to record before the deadline. That's at 4 PM. That's true but the last one that people will hear true before the death. Well, maybe we should put it. We'll see depending on how that day goes when we actually put it out. But uh, yeah, I mean, if the commanders win this game, they take care of business. They're four and three Cowboys are four and two right now. So it's like, okay, we're still in the mix. We're still here. You can, you can have a conversation
1: with yourself. You know what I mean? Like you can have
2: a fair conversation. Well, especially because they also have the Eagles coming up this week at that point. So it's like, okay, we're four and three. If we beat the Eagles, then we're still very much alive in the division. We're in the mix here. You lose to the Giants. You're three and four. Maybe you're still in the mix for a wild card spot there, but man, I think they really need to take, like I'm going to be fascinated to see what they do in terms of the trade deadline because it feels like if they're thinking about this thing correctly, they should absolutely sell. Why are you holding on for like a lame duck head coach? I mean, just wipe the slate clean. It's a new ownership anyway. Let's just be like, we don't really care about this season. It doesn't really matter that much in the bigger picture. Let's just let it, let's sell some parts. I'm not saying you have to clear the cupboard completely. Like, you no, know, you don't just get rid of everyone or good young players, but if you're not going to pay someone like Chase Young, if you've determined or you're worried about losing him, because guess what? it takes two to tango. Like Chase Young might decide he doesn't want to be there. Um, Then you have to assess that properly and get some value for him while you can. And think about the long-term here and not just think about this season, because I mean, even if you do salvage this season, as much as you possibly can, like, What are you really accomplishing still? Like winning a playoff game, maybe they have to look at this honestly and with a sober view and realize that you know what they have right now is very temporary and not it's a lame duck year. And they need to think about future seasons, not this season.
1: Montez, Sweat, and Chase Young both have. I mean, we, we neither of us think that the commanders are a playoff team, right? Obviously, so you have if I you're mean, the commanders, like seven seed at best right but still like if you're the commanders you have 11 maybe 12 games left of these of both of these players why like you know what i mean like you have to you have to sell you have to Mm -hmm. you can't it's not even the kevin Byer thing where the you know the player's under contract next year you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you you can't there's no sense in not having that and your fans will forgive you like this is one of those like I maybe there are some titans fans who are like what the hell are you doing you know what i mean like whatever but like every commander's fan is going to be like you know what we understand like the, we're past I think they're the, gonna like it they should, yeah, be. They should we're, be
2: encouraged they're like we're they're, past they're the darkest point vision.
1: exactly like we're, we're it's it's a slow come up but we're actually moving in a positive direction mm-hmm. and doing things that that you know imply that we are building towards the future um yeah. the giant side of this again i don't really have a strong takeaway um well, we have i will to say, actually it. My, my strongest takeaway is probably that that darren waller is kind of getting involved a little bit mm. you know what I mean? this was a really well, good this was the best darren why? waller game why is but, yeah, that happening no daniel jones obviously Mm. uh but like my point is like if you're a giants fan i think you have to feel like hey there's like there's potential to darren waller here like you know what i mean like that's an exciting thing because that that looked doa like for, for the longest time and so that is objectively an exciting thing for the giants
2: over the course of his career daniel jones has been a negative play machine in terms of either sacks or turnovers that is the reality. That is who he's been. We talked about Hertz being that guy this season. That's not to the same degree. I don't. We're think, not talking
1: about it. It's just objective fact. That's who he is this season.
2: Well, you brought it up. Everybody I brought it. it up. Anybody with eyes brought it up. I mean, <clears throat> <clears throat> but like, if you look at who Tyrod Taylor has been, Tyrod Taylor, I should say. Terod, I say yeah, Tyrod. Right. I know it's Tyrod. Sorry. And anyway, he's not that guy. He's typically being a guy who takes care of the ball. I mean, the most interceptions he's ever thrown in the season. Do you know how much it is? six yeah like he's a guy a who takes care of the ball now there's some like you know risk reward element there you probably can i don't guess have the season the... i'm sorry i want to guess the season if that's possible
1: well it's multiple seasons um 2017 buffalo is one
2: no dang it was 15 and 16 the two years prior when Damn. he started 14 and 15 games respectively Damn. so but <clears throat> my point here is that he's a guy who you know he's not bringing you obviously like the flashy upside as much as some of the top quarterbacks in the nfl he's a backup for a reason but he's a guy who has been able to take care of the ball and that's also kind of not the same level but like something of what we saw last year with taylor heineke relative to carson wentz when you take out that highly volatile starter who can at least kind of just take care of the ball and help move the offense a little bit it doesn't mean you have a super bowl or like serious ceiling all of a sudden, but all of a sudden you look like a much more respectable team. And that's what the Giants, not that they look great, but they looked like a more respectable team, at least relative to their inferior competition. And so that's when you talk about like quarterback controversy or debate or whatever. I mean, I I think it's incredibly fair to say, if you want to win games now, to to Rod Taylor is your best option to do that now. Is that the number one value? Because you're in a spot where things aren't looking great. And you paid all this money to Daniel Jones, but it's sunk cost fallacy to just be like, "He's definitely, we definitely have to play him, no matter what." If that's what you believe because you think that's what's in the best long term interest of your franchise, then I understand that. But if the priority is winning games now, then it's not crazy to me to say that Tarad is the better option.
1: Yeah, I kind of hope they do. I think we both do because he plays them out of Caleb Williams, Drake May territory. Um, you know, if he, if he starts 10 games for them across the rest of, not even, I guess at this point, you know, seven or eight games. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the Jones thing is look, everyone's on the same page here. You know what I mean? Like this, nobody is like, no, Daniel Jones is better. Like, no, like, I don't think there's a Giants fan out there who's like arguing. I don't know. I think you're wrong about that. I I mean, I, I don't think anyone who's being fair is, is arguing that in all sincerity. Um, and so I mean they can get out of that deal after next year so i mean you're you're you're, i wouldn't say you're stuck stuck but you're you're stuck through 2024 i mean you really could you know i think his guaranteed money is 36 million dollars uh i had it up in a minute yeah 36 million dollars next year so i mean he's got a cap number of 47 million dollars i mean yeah it's a tough scene but like you know you could if you you know what i mean like it would be stupid and silly and everyone would make fun of you and dunk all over you but like the the goal is to be better um I mean, I just want to, like, throw this out for hypothetical. So, yes or no, are the Giants kind of a quarterback away from from legitimate competition? I'd say I yes. I mean, from
2: being, like, a wild card team, sure. So, this is
1: maybe the best day I'll ever have to ask this question. If Kirk Cousins is on the market and you're the Giants,
2: I mean, like, you I know, like... Especially not good fit because of their offensive line. I mean, that's a fair point but like like Gerard you know, can run around a little bit and i think that helps with that offensive line i'm just trying to figure
1: out what the answer is for them in 2024 and they're, they're in a they're in a weird place and i think that's where Kirk. like sunday's a sunday's a frustrating win because you feel like you have some things that can make this happen but you have nothing that you can really like rely on and hang your hat on. you know what i mean
2: hmm. i mean imagine you know like i don't think the ravens were not going to match an offer sheet for lamar but i mean you know it's I think it's pretty fair to be like, what are we doing? We paid, I saw a lot of um, Daniel Jones all this money, but we couldn't throw an offer sheet at Lamar. Well, first of all, you famously hate Lamar, so I don't know why you I don't him hate his, him It's a I case just think study right now. Yeah, I actually look at his playoff numbers unlike everyone else and acknowledge right. them unlike literally everyone else who's you, unwilling to admit that they're you awful. don't look
1: at justin herbert's playoff numbers or anything like that
2: that's cool I, anyway no, i am um, not in on justin <laughs> herbert and the chargers that is not you're not painting the you were
1: picture. you were you were so in you were more in on them yeah, than but you I were bounced. out on lamar i left um, them that,
2: that's the sink, sinking ship i left <laughs> before it totally went underwater and i took the cowboys to beat them like i've not been i've not um, been picking the chargers this year i've been picking against them like every th- game
1: this isn't about this either but I, I saw this tweet and apologies to where i saw because i forgot uh but the tweet was something along the lines of like all these, it might have been Eric Eager again, but um, like all these teams, or it might have been Brad Spielberger, but all, all these teams were falling all over themselves to sign Deshaun Watson. But and and while Lamar was never like truly on the market, like nobody to our knowledge at least uh, you know, had an offer sheet ready for him. You know what I mean? Like he was semi available, not completely available, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's it is kind of amazing that nobody pursued him and like how like, well, there are five or six teams that pursued Deshaun Watson in, in that whole mess. I mm-hmm. mean, so um okay let's spin forward brandon um this is nfc east mcgetton week did you know this uh, no. No. Okay. So, i don't know no okay so um you well i'm about to tell you um the best thing in our line of work i i don't feel this way all the time but is a noon game because you get in you get done you get out you have sunday evening to kind of enjoy and you can watch the sunday night game although real bummer that like you know you would love to finish your sunday work and then have like a I don't know, like a Chiefs Spangles game to kind of watch. But, like, this week, it's like, hey, Brandon, you did all your work. Here's Chargers Bears. You know what I mean? Like, what a We need to stop price.
2: catering to the West Coast, and we should move the NFL schedule at least up one hour, the entire schedule. game should start um, at 12. I'm
1: fine. I mean, as somebody Eastern. who experiences games starting at 12, it's awesome. I mean, so I mean. I'm sure you would enjoy well, why it. Why
2: can we have a London game that starts at 930 on the East Coast, but we can't have the, all the regular games start at, like, noon? Like, that's too early. Because then at that point you have they do start at twelve in the proper time. Yeah, twelve, four. Wait, twelve, three and seven, and that's that's a for East Coast time, and that's a great number.
1: Anyway, NFC East again is when all four teams play in the same time slot, which is happening this week.
2: All four teams are playing
1: in the noon slot. Obviously, the Eagles are uh, visiting FedEx Field, so that's two games or two teams right there. The MetLife Bowl is happening in parallel. Uh, with the Giants as the technical home team, and the Cowboys are hosting the Rams um, in the noon slot as well, noon central, that is. Um, so we'll go in order uh, the way DraftKings has it laid out um, since we can't go chronologically. They're all kicking off uh, simultaneously. But our friends at DraftKings have the Eagles as six and a half point favorites on the road against the Commanders. You mentioned we'll keep eyes certainly on the Jalen Hurts injury situation. Um, the Commanders may, might, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're arguing for them to trade Montez Sweater or Chase Young now. Uh, maybe that is a a looming factor as well. But other than that, I don't think there are any real big question marks hovering over this game like they are others around the league.
2: I am not deciding my lock of the week officially Uh, on Tuesday. I've not looked all the lines, but I am, and I did make this my lock of the week last time the Eagles commanders played, and it didn't work out in terms of the Eagles covering. They did win the game. I'm considering making this my lock of the week. I think this is, the Eagles have not had that, you know, statement win in terms of like a blowout comfortable win yet. And I think this could be it because the commanders have not been trending in a good way. That Eagles defensive line is looking very good as it has most of the season. And I think they're going to actually be able to take advantage of the commanders' offensive line this time around. I think the commanders gave the Eagles their best punch last time. And I don't think they can do that again. I think they that was like the all-out kind of the gave they gave the Eagles as much as they could. I don't think they're going to replicate that. And I am going to take the Eagles to win and cover, and I feel very confident
1: about it. I'm not ready to put the Eagles back in the in the box that I had them where they were like, that, you know, like I'll trust them until I don't have a reason to like, they're much closer to that after the comfortable win over the dolphins, but they're still not quite there yet, especially with all the Hurst turnovers. Um, but I will still lay six and a half points. I just don't believe it's not really even the commanders that I don't believe in. I don't believe in Ron Rivera and I will forever hold it against you that you thought he was a better coach than Mike McCarthy. Anyway, okay. uh, the
2: Adrian New York giants are, to the is a bad move for the, the New York
1: giants are two and a half point home dogs to the New York jets. That is a real tough scene. I like, I don't, I'm not an East Coast person, so I don't know um mm. much about the Giants Jets rivalry if they're you know if that really is like a thing. Um, I, I think thought some it was people are a fan
2: of both, which is weird.
1: Um I thought it was so silly um on Hard Knocks when Aaron Rodgers referred to MetLife as Jet Life. And it's not even that the joke <laughs> is silly, uh, but um the stadium opened in what 2010, I think. And so it's like, hey dude, that joke's been made. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like let's you're super clever aaron uh for coming up with this this thing that no one said has said over the last decade and change but whatever um anyway still the jets are in a everyone's really excited about the jets obviously their last game was the win against the eagles um i don't know that i'm willing to take them as two and a half point favorites but and, and again this is a weird like home dog home or road favorite because it is their their shared building um mm-hmm. so kind of a pick them in that sense i think i'll 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 take the Jets um at two and a half point favorites. I, I trust Zach Wilson more than I trust Daniel Jones, certainly. Um I trust wow. <laughs> I mean do sad you dis- sentence. but do you disagree?
2: I mean, I don't trust either of them. I don't
1: I, I don't I mean, but still, like if you had to pick one, I think I, I trust Zach Wilson with what the Jets are doing. I really do feel like the Jets are are setting Zach Wilson up to succeed more. Or they're you know what I mean? They're 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 understanding of his limitations and they're not having him push
2: beyond that's fair that's, and that's, so that's a fair point oh so that's coaching I, yeah better right coaching. no
1: that's I trust Robert Sala more than I do Brian Dable um I just trust the Jets and what they have going on I think this is a big Garrett Wilson game
2: so do we know if Daniel Jones is playing or not it's Tuesday it's early we I guess don't. we don't I mean that's what know. Saying, like, but do we know if he has a
1: chance I mean it's possible he's not on IR I mean yeah I mean so that's technically
2: possible well if that's the case I think you have to consider he might. You can be couch this. Up.
1: You you can say if Jones this, if tarad this, you know what I mean. We'll take that as your submission here on Tuesday.
2: I mean, I'll I'll take the the Jets. I think their defensive front, which obviously gave the Eagles issues, and the Eagles have a much better offensive line than the Giants do. I think they're going to give the Giants offensive line, which has been banged up and dealing with a lot of problems. Uh, I think they're going to give the Giants front some issues. And look, the Giants beat the Commanders, but they scored fourteen points, <laughs> and and it was a very close game at the end. Like they didn't look great. They just beat a team that's looking even worse than them right now. So I think the Jets are not amazing, but I think they can be at least solid. And I think that's certainly more than what the Giants have been for most of this season. So uh, I'll take the, I'll take the Jets to cover and win. Okay,
1: uh, so we're on the same page. We're actually on the same page so far. We have taken both of the Green Nations, including the superior one, which is um, Leading game. Green, Nation. Green Nation. They <laughs> won the battle um, until, until you meet again. Anyway, final game uh, and final opportunity, first opportunity, to talk about America's team. The Dallas Cowboys are six-point favorites at home against the Los Angeles Rams this week. Rams coming off that loss to the Steelers. Really awful spot call on the Kenny Pickett mm. sneak. Um by the way that game for all of you who don't listen to TJ football first of all how dare you um uh, but that was um our same game parlay uh pick for last week or the game we structured it around and we fell we, we got as close as we ever have Brandon it was a huge bummer um you took yeah. your your leg was the one that failed i think it was it under was. I don't regret it, it
2: though i thought it was a fair
1: no, 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 thing to do uh Steven serta and I hit and i think it was 51 and a half rushing yards that you took mm-hmm. the under on with Najee Harris and he had 53
2: that's classic, you know, Vegas knows what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Oh, what a bummer.
1: Anyway, uh, Cowboys six-point favorites at home. Uh, you said what's going on. Um, all is kind of well right now. Jerry Jones on Tuesday morning both kind of said that the Cowboys would and would not consider making a move at the trade deadline, just kind of talked out okay. of both sides of his really. mouth. Um, wow. There, interesting. There's been uh, no real discernible, massive update. Um you know, through the bye week again, they were obviously, you know, off last week, um, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, from the area played little league with Clayton Kershaw. I don't know if you knew that. I, I really don't know if you know that. That's like a trope that gets said all no, the time. No, I do. That's, um, yeah. well, okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I know you're obsessed with the Cowboys, so that makes sense that, you know, um, sure. yeah, Cowboys playing at home for the first time since they beat the Patriots there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, uh, op- they, they've gotten a lot of help. Um, since, you know, they lost the 49ers. I mean, actually, the Niners haven't won a game since they beat the Cowboys. Neither have the Cardinals, for what it's worth. Um, The Niners have lost two games. Eagles lost one. Um, Dallas obviously won a game in that stretch. So this is a chance. And I've, we've written about this we've talked about it actually we talked about it in the past for the listeners on our round table the next four weeks are critical for the cowboys not that the games are terrifying but because december has matchups against the eagles and the bills and the dolphins uh, and the seahawks if you want to put them on that level um dallas has to kind of stack some dubs here before thanksgiving they have the rams this week then they're in philly next week as we've talked about they get the Giants at home, and then they're at Carolina the Sunday before Thanksgiving. They got to win three of those. They got to get to Thanksgiving at seven and three. And that starts on Sunday.
2: I've had the Rams at number sixteen in my power rankings at various points in the season, but like seemingly often, are always like floating right around there. because I don't know what to do with them. And I said that mm-hmm. before the Eagles played them. Like I don't. I don't know what to fully make of this team because they've done some impressive things this year. Obviously, I think they're kind of living off of this, the Week One win a bit. But still, I mean, like, they have talented players. Like, Puka Nakua is unguardable. He's been amazing. He's, like, un- he's going to get his. And Cooper Cup is still there. Rams' offensive line isn't great. That kind of worries me against this Cowboys defensive front. I like the Rams to cover in this game, but I think the Cowboys will win it. I think it's going to be a close competitive game. I think uh, the Rams can do enough where, you know, Aaron Donald can cause some issues for that Cowboys offensive line. But I don't, and I think, you know, Matthew Stafford is played pretty well this year on the whole even though his numbers don't really totally match up with that i weird team just a weird team so i think they're gonna make it competitive but i just can't give him the full benefit of doubt to say where they're gonna pull off the upset and win
1: it's a big line it's a big number big um, but, um i'm willing to lay it wow with the cowboys um and that's because i'm I'm going to give them a benefit of the doubt that they fixed some of their offensive issues over the bye. that there's an mm-hmm. assumption there. Uh, but I think it's a fair assumption because I, I would give that benefit to like most NFL teams. You know what I mean? Like you have a week to kind of, you know, self-assess, self-scout, figure things out, um, and hopefully, you know, make some strides on the offensive side of the ball. If that happens, I am comfortable saying that they cover. Uh, but either way, I do think they win. I think the the thing I'm least confident in is, is just covering. Because, again, it is, you know, six points is a lot. Um, Okay, are we ready to move on to get out of here? Blow this joint?
2: We have to do songs, obviously, but I mean. Yeah. Okay, so if we if ever, if everything goes like we said, we should say what will the NFC East look like after the,
1: e- the Eagles will be seven and one. Seven and one, Campos Dallas will be five and two, and Rangers then
2: three and five, and then the Giants two and six. So. Right. Yeah. And that will I mean, set the up- win.
1: That the, will set up a uh first place game for Dallas mm-hmm. next week. Um, obviously Philly would be in first place, but if if
2: right. Dallas uh the short of it is if Dallas wins their next two, they're in first place in the division. Right. So, so they have the tiebreaker head to right. head. But yeah, that Giants win really was a blessing for you and me because it just took the commanders out of it pretty much and also ruined the Giants draft positioning a little bit. So shout that, out to the Giants.
1: Um, that has the like I want to say this before we do songs. Um, so for the purposes of, of what I'm going to say, let's assume the Phillies win game seven, um, big assumption. So that has the potential to set up next weekend to be like an all time bad sports weekend for the Phillies. Why? I mean, for, for Philadelphia fans, <clears throat> because like if the World Series were to go seven games or six games even, and the Phillies were to lose the World Series to the Rangers. And then the Eagles were to relinquish first place at the Cowboys. Now, relinquishing first place in the middle of a season is hardly the same thing as was in the right. World Series. But like it's still it, having
0: the same
2: record. Yeah,
1: right. But it would be um, it would be like a weekend that would be remembered forever. You know what I'm saying? In like a really horrible way. So also um, it could go the other way.
2: It could <laughs> <is> also
1: possible. <laughs> uh, look at that optimistic uh, spin from you. OK, let's do some songs and then uh, get out of here. Uh, Rachelle obviously always got hers, always gets her songs submitted early. Hers is bad boy for life. I did.
2: I need to listen to that one because if I know it, well, I don't you know should... it off the top of my head. I probably just heard listen it,
1: to the but... NFC's mixtape playlist, and that's how you can listen yeah.
2: to it. Uh, Which song?
1: You ready for mine, uh, my song is actually. I always think of The Office when I think uh, when I hear the song because. Ne- do you remember? Do you remember in the office when Michael fakes having Bruce Springsteen tickets? And, he, mm-hmm. and then he's gonna like auction them or give them or whatever it was, uh, yeah. and then he doesn't have them, whatever. So when he goes up to the stage at the auction before he like pretends like, oh, where'd they go? Everybody's seen whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, He goes up to the stage to a song. And when I first saw that episode, I thought the song in question was Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until a few watches later that I realized that's not a Bruce Springsteen song that is happening in the back. I think I've tweeted about this before. Um, I'm just like recycling life content at this point. Um, that, is, that song is The Heart of Rock and Roll by Huey Lewis and the News. Mm. So my point is like, how could the, the office creators and producers who were and remain inordinately talented, how could you give a non-Bruce Springsteen song in that moment? You know what I'm saying like, I feel like that's a, 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 that's a weird thing to do. I mean,
2: they couldn't afford the rights or get the rights to it.
1: But why have any song if it's not if it can't be Bruce Springsteen when the whole like the whole moment is about, you know, the boss? Like why have any other thing that would it's silly? Hey, Brandon, come to my pizza joint. I have great pizza here. Here's a burger. You know what I mean? Like what? <laughs> like, that's, you know, it's silly I don't know. But my song, so that's your song? is um, the heart of rock and roll. But he really was in the news.
2: OK, interesting pick. Um, wait, what inspired that again? Just because you saw it. I mean, I like the
1: song a lot, um, and the song shouts out San Antonio, which is a city mm-hmm. near and dear to my heart. And I'm wearing my my Spurs T-shirt today. Um, but, um, but I mean, that would that, I think of that story or that episode all the time when I think when I hear this song.
2: But it's a great song. I don't want to repeat artists and oh, especially no. from the same album on the playlist yet because I think that's we need to change it up. So,
1: oh, you're saying I thought you meant like artists like Huey Lewis and the News or Diddy. Like I thought you meant like today. You're saying an artist or album that's currently represented right. on the playlist. I don't want to,
2: cause I picked Blink-182 a couple weeks ago. Their album just came out from which that song I previously recommended is on. And I think it's a great album and everyone really should listen to it. So honorable mention and turpentine is my favorite song from that album. Really cool. But, uh, that honorable mention aside, I'm going to go in a totally different direction. And, uh, I'm just going to go with a song that I like and I've been listening to. And it's not, it's funny. Like, you know, when songs are like are old, because they're only like a year or two or whatever old, But like they're old in that, like they were popular, but now they're not as popular anymore because a little bit of time has passed. Uh, So it's not like, you know, a hot song maybe at the moment, but I'm going to go with Massive by Drake. Okay. That's a good choice.
1: Um, Wow. Good job. Um, Yeah. Drake's very own wow the last no it's not the last time you could have gotten him in uh but uh well it is for the listeners because next week's episode goes out on um on november 1st
2: Uh, i mean i'm still gonna do a halloween one probably next week so
1: no but still like well because of that especially this was your last time to do it um wow october's very own drake Mm -hmm. you me happy belated birthday to you brandon i hope it was wonderful um yeah last week was a good one um the astros got their last one of the season on my birthday uh so um i got to enjoy that before it all fell apart sure um wow um last thing have you seen and I I'm saying this to you in advance in case the Phillies do win have you seen the Creed thing that the Rangers have going on
2: <laughs> I have
1: so um again this annoys me because my team lost to them uh but so they have all the Creed stuff going on and then Can Kirk Cousins oh. so Kirk Cousins saw this um and and oh, Kirk no. has has made um Creed references before um which you I know, know Ah, uh, but he saw this at some point, I guess, recently, and asked for I don't know Creed music to be played somewhere. And so the fact that they had this big win right when the Rangers clinched the World Series berth, like Monday night, was a big night for Creed. Um, I'm glad that none of us, you know, picked a Creed song because um, it would upset me. But you know, I'll do that eventually.
2: Uh wow. Um, but not because that the, of that. Just can you name can to...
1: you can you name another Creed song besides Higher?
2: Yeah, used to like creed a lot. Like they were they were a big deal. Like when they like I think there's a little bit of a revisionist history on creed as and like they always sucked like all the time and everyone always hated. That's not true. People started to hate them a lot and it became very in vogue to hate on them. But in the yeah. moment, like they were they're on the radio, like every and people liked it and there were songs that people liked. Um, similar
1: it's it's a Nickelback sort of effect like right. pe- people people act like Nickelback and they have some great songs we can say especially that. Like, their, older,
2: okay. their older stuff I think yeah. they have some like their older albums are really good I think they fell off I do agree and I think people say that a lot about a lot of bands but I think especially with them that did become true but some of their older albums I think are there's some like good songs especially the deep cuts too not just the um mm-hmm. hits are good but I think there are some they have some old good deep cuts yeah wow uh what a weird Other episode Creed songs um and... weathered uh with arms wide open there are some bands um, though like um like savage garden like people can only
1: say like truly one. madly deeply and um the other one those are the only savage garden songs that anybody knows i don't even know what that is you know what's ha- you would know the song i'm not going to sing it but you
2: you would know the song okay yeah garden. i mean there's you know it's one of those deals yeah where i'm sure if i heard it i would recognize it but i can't all right as we, we leave off the top of my head
1: As we leave, Brandon, we would like you to say something nice about Kirk Cousins' primetime performance against the San Francisco
2: 49ers. I can gladly do that. It helped the Eagles become the only number, uh, the only one lost team in the Ah! NFC. Ah!